Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode 220. Yep. 220. That's the famous dart shout, isn't it? <laughs> are you okay? I don't know. Good morning, guy. Hello. Hi, Rick. How are you? It's, it, yeah, I'm very uh, well. This is, you, you, you'll wish you hadn't asked, oh. Rick. Um, First off, I like your jumper. Thank you very much. I'm wrapping today a Tiger Woods jumper for those people watching the podcast. Here it is. The old school Tiger Woods jumper. It's, uh, well, it's actually, well, it's old school now I know. because this Tiger Woods jumper featuring the famous Tiger Frank head cover on the front, just below it, about an inch, um, is a Nike swoosh. I wonder if Frank's got the chop too. No, Frank will never get the chop. Um, we don't know what this new line is just yet from Tiger because it actually gets announced as today at some point while we're recording the podcast, but you're going to hear this tomorrow. So you guys will know. We pretty much know it's Tiger Red. It's Sunday some, Red. Th- apparently, it's, uh, yeah, so for those people I'm sure everyone knows, Tiger has parted with Nike Golf. He will no longer be wearing the swoosh on the golf course. The rumour is he's got his own clothing line. It's announced today, as you said. So we don't know, but we can do know. It's going to be called Sunday Red take on is the fact that he always wears a Sunday a red pole on a Sunday I'm excited to see what it's like I wonder if he actually always wears a red pole on a Sunday just on a general Sunday just regardless of whether he's in the tournament or not red briefs I can imagine him doing that I'd like yeah I'd like red to pajamas. see yeah. in fact everything's red on a, yeah. on a Sunday at home anyway what would you do if Tiger Woods said you can play golf with me but yeah, I'm going to be playing naked would you play <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh dear, like, if, if I had to also play naked well then it's a different conversation but yeah god yeah yeah, yeah I Something think I would too people will pay, pay a lot of money for that um, sorry we kind of dived in there went straight into it we, didn't we? we did we, we forgot the uh, <laughs> what did we forget the foreplay <laughs> Wow. Um, um, sorry about that. Keep it clean. We've got a lot to chat about today, Rick, because last week you touched on your take on live golf and it inspired me. And I know we don't want to go on and on about live golf. Is it any good? Blah, blah, blah. But it's this year does feel like there's that little turn the dial, doesn't mm, there? Does. That they've got more players, more people starting to kind of potentially warm to it. You gave a great synopsis last week on your take on it. This week was Vegas. I watched a bit of it. We'll come on to that later on. We're also going to announce in this podcast, a, I'm not overselling it when I say this, a monster of a video that we've got coming next week where you oh, played yeah. against somebody. Oh, yeah. And other than that, I've got loads of stuff to talk about. Exciting times. Where should we start? How, we, how, how are you, though? I asked, first off, I asked, how are you? And then you kind of went, yeah, I'm good, but... Well, I'm good because my tonsillitis has gone. Brilliant. So as you can tell by the sound of my voice, I've got, got it back. I actually had a lot of confidence last week about your voice. It's sexy. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit sexy. It wasn't sexy that I had white spots on my tonsils, though. <laughs> no. That wasn't as sexy, but I had a course of antibiotics. That's all gone. Good. Distant memory. Good. I beat it off like the man I am. Um, but the only thing that's so bad... Masculine. The, the, yeah, yeah. The only thing that's a bit bad, I was thinking this morning when we were planning the podcast, is that at the minute, and I hate to admit this, but I'm going to live, I kind of not got the golf bug. In terms of playing, that is. Just I, not really... I think... For a lot of people listening, certainly if you live outside of the the UK and you're in America, obviously I've I've been very very fortunate this winter that I've spent not a lot of time in the UK. I've been I've been here there everywhere. Correct. And golf abroad, certainly in America, when you can play in shorts and t-shirts and the golf course are in incredible condition, and it and it just it still feels like golf. Yes. Right now, I'm really sorry to say, but in the winter here in the UK, certainly Northwest UK, it's dreary it's dark it's wet it's just not a particularly pleasant even if it was a sunny day like saturday was a nice day yeah consider yeah yeah in context cold here at at home 
but even the golf courses, they're not going to be in great condition right now at this time of year. Well, that's the thing. We played, obviously, in Dubai, which was, I think, early December, and those videos are starting to filter out now. So you might be watching those videos because they're going out now, but they were filmed a couple of months ago. And we had one on Friday with the fabulous Iona Steven, your friend of mine, the comments on that video, if you've not watched it, go and check it out. She's incredible. She's such a nice person to be around and brings great vibes. And, and just for everyone, she is literally as nice off camera as she is on camera. Correct. Like there's no difference in her that's at all. You, that's where you're different though, isn't totally it? Totally different. Because the camera goes off and you're a right horrible man. I, I am. Really I'm, nasty. I'm, I get, I'm a real diva. You do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a mix between like Mariah Carey and Beyonce. Without the looks. <laughs> um, no, I've got the arse. Yeah, correct. Yeah, Tiger can vouch for that. Um, but it was great. And, and that, again, I know we can't always be fortunate to be abroad, but when you're playing golf like that, golf must be the best sport on earth. In a buggy, the sun's shining, you've got loads of like refreshments and you're playing okay and you've got good company. That is just dream golf. But like you said, when we're back in England, when it's like this and it's cold and it's dreary, I normally pride myself on, even if I don't play a lot, I've going the range maybe once a week, hitting some balls. At the minute, I haven't even been doing that. And I'm guessing a lot of our listeners and, and viewers are in, are in the same boat because it is difficult. But I almost feel guilty for, for not doing, certainly when we're doing this podcast and we're talking about golf and I'm still so into golf as a sport, obviously, but I just want it to become spring and it's close but it's not quite there yet but is it i mean there's, there's there's obviously some sports which aren't seasonal at all swimming the same anytime you do it as long as you're indoor yeah so it's the same every single time where obviously other sports like golf football soccer as such um there's a lot of other sports that do have that kind of horrible winter yeah. do i really want to be playing on a wet football pitch in you know in man in manchester it's really hard but um on the flip side I think we're very lucky, certainly in the UK, that our summers don't get stupidly hot. Yeah. Because actually a lot of places that we've been fortunate to go recently, in Dubai, you cannot play golf in summer. No. Like, it's impossible. That's why they created night golf. Like, so to some degree, we have it a little bit worse off in the winter, but I think we have it much better off in the summer, where a lot of places have it a little bit better off in the winter, but not, I think it's worse playing. I would hate to play in real, real heat. I'd always play in cold over excruciating heat. I think that's the thing. And we've had a question on the Facebook group. Um, again, we've got loads of questions today from the Facebook group. So we're going to dive through some of those. But one from Tim Jackson. <coughs> and it's something we've discussed before, but people keep asking and I get it. And he's put, so Tim said, do you think golf club should offer a seven to nine month membership to help with the rubbish UK weather? Now, <laughs> from a golfer's point of view, and exactly what I've just been saying myself, that would make perfect sense in a sense of, I know I'm going to play from April to September and that's me done. That does not make financial sense for a golf club. You still have to, you know, mow the greens and pay staff right through the winter. Golf courses would literally shut down. Of course. A lot of golf courses would shut down if that was the model. And and, and it's unfortunate, you know, I get it from a golfer standpoint, you want to play for the, pay for the months you play. But for a, for a golf course, like you said, it's got to pay the bills every single month. That model just does not work. No, and, and I think... Again, if you are, certainly if you're doing like a direct debit, where which a lot of people do, obviously, to help kind of financially, where you pay maybe £100 a month for your golf club or more or less, whatever. And again, you're playing like in the summer and that's coming out your bank, but you're playing three nights a week. And then it kind of doesn't, it feels quite palatable. But then you get to the October, November, December, January, February, and you might not be going at all. And every month, that £100 coming out, it's quite difficult to, to get motivated, isn't it? Mm. To go out and play, even though you're, you're paying for it. So I do understand that. And it must obviously annoy a lot of people. But there's no way golf clubs could survive, no. is there? And it must annoy golf clubs, certainly here in, in the northwest of England. like And, and uh, loads of places around the UK, like they have to shut. Like golf courses, literally, they, they, they're underwater. They have to shut at certain times. Well, that's why if I ever do join a golf club again, which I do plan on doing in the future when my little girl's a bit older and I've got a bit more time, etc. For me, I want to join a golf club that's twofold, <laughs> that is better in the winter than others, which is hard, but certainly the more coastal golf courses, you get that. I think as well, it's good to join a golf club if you can, where there's more to it than just the golf. So again, when I was growing up, the golf club I was at had a very, a very like much, almost a community feel where people would go up without the golf clubs and go have some food, uh, have a drink, watch the football, etc. And that's a little bit like the gym that I go to where you, I, I do go and do work there or watch some football. A lot of golf clubs don't cater for that. They're very kind of cold when you go in and you're never sure if they're serving food or not. But the ones that are a little bit more forward thinking that might put on events or make you feel really welcome and take pride in the in the food and the service, 
those are the ones that I would like to think would survive because they, they offer more. Yeah, I mean, when <clears throat> when I was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was an assistant pro at Mia, some of our busiest days were in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. The golf course could be <clears throat> snowed under, like not open. The ca- you couldn't get a single spot in the car park because yeah. it was a, a resort. You know, you'd go there for maybe the spa. You'd go there for the hotel once it got built. You'd you'd go there for other reasons. Exactly. And I think golf courses have to take that that kind of idea and, and bring it to life because you've got to have footfall through. And if they had enough footfall th- footfall through in the winter then maybe the idea of having a seven to nine month membership could work. Yeah. If they had enough, if they had enough business through the winter. I think that for me would be somewhere like if I lived much closer, the Belfry would be a good one because obviously in the summer, one of the best golf courses in the country, there's three courses there, but like the Sam's bar and the the Sky Sports News, the chicken goujons, you know, the pint pint upon, yeah, the chicken tenders, sorry, the pint upon pint of Coke Zero. (laughs) That's a place where I could go and do some work from and just chill. And you think, even if I'm not playing today, and you might go in the gym there or whatever, like you're getting that full package. It's got but a great vibe. It's also hard for most golf courses to compete with that. Talking about vibes and great, not great. Mm. This weekend, there's a few golf tournaments on, as you alluded to. Again, there's obviously yeah. Live mm. in Vegas, which those two words together, Live in Las Vegas. Three words. Surely, <laughs> surely... That was the most rowdy, crazy, out-of-control golf tournament on this weekend. You're wrong. That got made to look like a bridge tournament <laughs> at the local ladies' golf course Correct. this weekend. It did. Because the waste management, which is a, there's two new names that have come out of this week, waste management, Phoenix Open. Mm-hmm. A lot of people now call it the WM. Yeah. Abbreviation. I've never heard that though before. No saved, other year. Save time, doesn't it? Yeah, but no <laughs> other year have they ever called it the WM. I don't know. It's actually genuinely changed its name though. I know it sounds silly, but. And then the other one is the Wasted oh, Management. Yeah, I get it. Phoenix Open. Pretty witty. Um, what a, what a circus. Yeah, so last year, I think it actually has rebranded as WM. Whether the fact they don't, the, the waste in it doesn't kind of sound as sexy, I'm not sure, but. Last year, we, we had this very discussion, didn't we, about the Waste Management Open, Phoenix Open, and how, you know, I'm sure a lot of regular listeners won't be surprised at my take, and I'm a bit more boring when it comes to these kind of things, and I wasn't super sold on it. And I remember you being a bit more kind of into it, because last year it felt like it was a bit more about the fun, people had a few drinks, it was just kind of a, a different event, and that was something that I took some of the comments away, I don't tend to read the comments and take them to heart too much but some of the people were saying which I got it's one week a year in the PJ Tour let them do something different let's show golf in a different light let's attract a different audience where that's a right or wrong thing to do let's let our hair down so I kind of went into this week <laughs> hair was fully let down yeah I went into this week and I've only watched bits of it and bits on social media but went in with that exact mindset of okay this isn't every week. This isn't the Open. This isn't the Ryder Cup. This is a one-off event. Let's just let it be. Let it breathe. Let it do its thing. For me personally, I can only speak on behalf of me personally, I've nothing wrong with people going to an event and having a good time. And if that's a golf event, then brilliant, because I want, as a golfer, more people to enjoy the sport and, and, and it to look cool and whatever, accessible. From what I saw, though, and I know you're going to see the worst clips on social media, and that's exactly what a lot of the media outlets want to do to show the worst bits. It's not my cup of tea whatsoever. Some of the scenes that were there were just absolute nonsense. And there'll be people listening to this now who wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with what I'm saying, and there'll be people thinking, shut up, you boring person. But again, or I can only speak on behalf of me. I have nothing wrong with people going having a couple of beers and enjoying a sporting event, but all that over the top and it's just so like American frat boy grow up and mature a little bit. It just does not appeal to me. Well, I don't think it's as polarised. I think last year, if I'd have done this same poll, um, it would have been a bit more 50-50. I put a post on yesterday on Twitter. Has the fun, quote unquote, at the WM Phoenix Open gone past the line of acceptable? Okay. Mm Nearly seven and a half thousand votes. Eighty percent said absolutely. Wow, it's gone past that point. Wow, twenty percent said it needs more. Which <laughs> I, that, those guys are crazy. Um, I think <clears throat> when you look at the timeline of this, and, and there's a couple of takeaways here. I've never been to a Phoenix Open, so for yet. me, yet for me, I can't 
really comment on a golf tournament I've not been to. The Ryder Cup, again, from scenes on TV, did that come across as being a bit crazy and a bit rowdy? Depends on crazier and rowdier than a normal event, but I wouldn't look at it and go, God, that looks rowdy. But I mean, the scenes at the end there when you had the guy who looked like from KFC jumping into the pond on mm. 16 after Tommy Fleetwood won the, won the Ryder Cup, I don't feel like I've seen that at Ryder Cup before. No, that's fair. And then the scenes that actually went on beyond that, which actually I don't think the TV show cameras showed it a lot, I've got it clips on my phone. There was tens and tens of people jumping in this pond this, by the side of the 16th. And I was loving it. Don't get me wrong. I was there. I was soaking in the atmosphere. I thought it was the great, greatest thing in the world. But I thought, that's interesting. That That's a, that's a little move in the dial there. That's something mm-hmm. a little bit crazier than what we've seen in the past. I think the Phoenix Open, and again, it's easy now to say in hindsight, I just think over each year the dial has just kept going up and going up and going up mm-hmm. and going up until we've got to this point right now. Two yeah. or three years. And and to some degree, you have got to look at the tournament itself. They very much gear them round, themselves around open armed, like having this kind of Absolutely. like almost borderline craziness. Obviously, the 16th hole, the, the famous par three that's yeah. surrounded by the grandstand, they've encouraged that kind of somewhat behavior, that rowdier behavior, that kind of amphitheater that's, that's fueled with beer and crazy outfits and everything else. And they've, they've very much encouraged that. They've lent into that as, as this is our uh, USP. I just think over the last couple of years, last year we saw all the hole-in-ones and all the beer going up on the, on the, uh, the green there. I think this year it was a real kind of melting pot in a few different ways. Each year it's going to get a little bit crazy, a little bit rowdy in the previous year. I think mix that in with the terrible weather that had happened. It, often terrible weather ends up, you're sitting inside, you're probably drinking a lot more. And then I, I just feel like they really can again let into this, yeah, let your hair down. This is a WM Phoenix Open. And it just got to a point, you can only see the stuff on social media, um, but like, guys rolling down mm. I mean, that was another thing because of the wet weather you probably wouldn't have got that in previous years rolling down these hills sliding down these mud banks and just going absolutely berserk while the golf tournament's going on um you had guys obviously jumping onto the 16th and you did a front flip into the 16th bun- bunker started doing um star angels you had that last year you had a guy that ran from the 16th all the way to the 17th in the pond run swimming through the water you did have that again last year but it was almost it felt like it was a guarantee to happen this year yeah. you were going to get streakers you were going to get craziness um on saturday they actually um stopped serving alcohol which is crazy I didn't even know that they stopped letting people in more people in because it's getting so rowdy and crazy um i i personally think they've lost control of that tournament I, a little bit i think for me yeah i, I agree with that i think with, with these events and with, with it obviously trying to be something different, again, I'm not against it being a bit different and people letting the hair down. That That's one thing to say. What they have to remember is once you start to let that dial get turned, it's very hard to firstly stop it getting turned even further, like you're saying, and then also to turn it back is even harder again. So if you use the example of that lad who jumped in the bunker and then started doing a snow, snow angel in a bunker kind of thing, let's say out the scale of audacity and, and, and shock, that was a seven, let's just say, for example. Well, how do you stop next year someone going, I want to one-up that. I want to go and do that, but then I want to do it naked. Right, or you're I always going to... Yeah, exactly. So people now, it's like, that's the, that's been set. Right, that was done. Oh, next year, I'm going to go and get drunk and I'm going to do X, I'm going to do Y. It's very hard. And at what point does that actually become too far? I saw there was obviously fighting and stuff and fighting can happen anywhere if you get the idiots and stuff. But, <laughs> you know, the more people get drinking and intoxicated and you've got more rowdy people of a certain demographic let's be honest younger males if we're being totally honest and they're drinking too much that's where fights break out you know at what point does that become oh a couple of lads had a couple of beers and had a bit of a fight let's leave them to it or you know at what point does that happen in front of a child or does the wrong person get punched or someone get punched to the floor and god forbid lose their life i don't know i know it sounds very like you're taking it too far but you kind of have to to see where is it going and all of that ultimately is because the the WM and in the PJ Tour want this event to hit the headlines for those reasons and be different, but they have to be very careful. And and also, you saw this year for the first time players getting really annoyed. Yeah, you had alterate altercations with Zach Johnson, so you had guys in the crowd shouting Zach Johnson's captaincy. The Ryder Cup was terrible. 
they might have had a point. But either way, it's not nice to shout it when he's in a golf tournament. You had guys shouting in the back back um, swing of Jordan Spieth on 18. He was absolutely fuming. You had guys shouting in the background of, I can't remember who was playing with him, but in Billy Horsell's group and Billy Horsell was kind of saying, guys, what the hell are you doing? Like, it's our job. We're doing this for a living. At what, what point do the players go, I've had enough? Like, you're never going to see Rory there, are you? Mm, well, yeah. Like, Rory's not been there for a few years. You're not going to see Rory there. Because, no. you know, again, he's somebody that maybe puts himself out there a little bit more that might be, you know, hurled abuse at potentially. When does it get a point that other big-name players, and when you actually look at the leaderboard, there wasn't that many big-name players already playing in it. When do you get those guys just going, you know what, it's not for me? No, I know. And I suppose as well what you have to think about with different sports and different events as well is that some sports and some events within some sports very much cater to an audience that isn't really a fan of said sport. So what I mean by that is I've been to watch the racing at the Grand National twice, I think, the Ladies' Day, the day before the Grand National. I couldn't tell you anything about horse racing at all, but I went when I was in my early 20s, and the reason I went to the races was because it's a big drinking day. Of and you go, you wear a suit, you don't even really watch the race, and you have a bet on a couple of horses and you get drunk and there's people being sick, there's people fighting, there's all sorts and you kind of go expecting and knowing that's going to be there and you know, look at maybe a little bit different, we look at the darts in the UK now, you know, when that's on around Christmas time, the audience I'm guessing has an interest in darts to a degree but you go in more for the fact it's a big drinking session and I think that is very much where this WM Open is at now I, I've no facts to hand so I'm kind of guessing a little bit but I wouldn't imagine that the audience there percentage wise are as bothered about golf as they are at a normal PJ Tour event or the Open because they're going for that day so in some senses it worries me in other sense it doesn't because I can't imagine that's ever going to become the norm every week on the PJ Tour but, but what I'm what I'm almost alluding to and is why I said the Ryder Cup earlier is does it actually leak out into other golf events? You know, well, it's, 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 I don't know the answer to that. However, it's, it's, it's going to have more of a negative effect than anything because it has, to, if you see people jumping into a bunker at one golf event like that and doing a snow angel, that's going to at least inspire one idiot, I'm sure, at one event throughout the rest of the year to do something similar. Now, this isn't new, though. You go back to, was it 95 when jo uh, John Daly won um, the Open at St Andrews? Yeah. You had a streaker yeah. on the... 19th hole. 19th hole and an arrow points into the, his derriere. Like, it, this isn't new, new stuff. But it ju I don't know, it just feels like at the moment that it's, it's, it's somewhat being encouraged rather than being kind of put off. And I think, uh, you know... It's very, very easy in hindsight to say this. Last year, did I enjoy the, the waste management? Yeah, I did. I was like, I like this. It's a bit of fun. It's got its place. This year, I looked at it. I was like, oh, it's gone too far now. But I, that's such a fine line. Like, what is who? Who determines what the line well, is? That's exactly your line. That's isn't what it? I mean. And, yeah, and and it might be you know. But I also think to some degree. I know they have a lot of golf events in America, so I'm sure they're not too hard-pressed. But let's say little Johnny and his dad and, and Phoenix is his hometown. He's going, oh, we're going to take you to a PGA Tour event this weekend. It's his first ever PGA Tour event. He's super excited to see Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler and all these guys. Little 12-year-old Timmy gets sees some guy sliding down a hill having <laughs> beers chucked on his head. I mean, is that... I don't know. But, and I'm not, I'm not approved in that. But like the races... As you mentioned before, the grand, you don't really, kids don't go, do they? No, there's an age limit on it. I don't think they can. I, I don't so know, what I mean, yeah. there's an age limit on it. Where, oh, I, I guess there is, but there's very little kids. Where I feel like PJ Tour events have to do take some level of responsibility. And, and you know, I, I spoke about it last week about the live and, and the fact that there's obviously swearing on the broadcast. And I, I'm not, and this is where I, some people would say I'm almost quite hypocritical because. I would be, I know for a fact, if I was at the Waste Management, I would be one of those idiots, not maybe it's no age on the 16th, but I, I would be wanting to have a good time and I would, I would be swearing if I go and play golf on a recreational purpose. But again, I'm trying to almost protect our sport in more more eyeballs seeing that. But that's the thing, though, isn't it? That people have a herd mentality, don't they? Most people do. So, you know, I, I actually went out on Saturday for a few hours with some of my friends. I was driving, but there was a couple of lads there who were letting the herd down, so to speak, and having a few drinks. <laughs> and because there were 10, 12 of the lads, they get a bit loud and nothing offensive, but a bit loud, a bit lurry. They wouldn't behave like that with the, just with the wife or whatever, would they? Let's be honest. And they're still the same person. But I think it's natural human instinct. We all change slightly depending on who we're with. I'm sure everyone listens to say, if you're with your mum, you might act differently with your best friend or if you're with your boss or whatever it looks like. 
I think when people go to that event, and you, you're probably a perfect example, not somebody who would ever dream in a normal event of being like that, but you go to an event where it's almost pushed upon you. This is the crazy day. Everyone wears silly outfits. Everyone gets dead drunk and does stuff. You naturally start to be a bit more like that. And if that's just you, but then we amplify that by another 20,000 people, all, all adding up a little 5% on the, the, the Ricky meter. Suddenly, you've got an audience of people who are actually probably down to earth nice people, but all 5% more rickied, suddenly it kicks off. But how many of them woke up this weekend and gone, that was a mistake, wasn't it? I bet, I bet they have. That was a mistake. Why the hell have I slid down and put in my white... I mean, there was some ridiculous scenes. There really was. I mean, it seemed like it seemed like a festival, mm. like an actual music festival, like Glastonbury, and it did a golf tournament. And I think this is very much a, it's down to people's <laughs> opinions. I'd be very <laughs> interested to hear in the comments on the YouTube video below people's opinions on this. Did you like it or did you not? I'm starting to sound like Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. It's a golf event. And that, that's the thing. And I think obviously as well as the PJ tour is looking for more investments as it is, and the sponsors are paying so much more to be sponsors of events. Is this something going to push more because it gets people watching it? It gets people talking about it. Does it get more people through the door paying for tickets and spend the money on site? Are we going to see golf go this, this way more on the, on the flip side? then, as we started out this conversation, the live golf. Sorry, event, oh, one sorry. quick one before you come on to that though, who won and what score and what was, what was the result of the tournament? I know Nick Taylor won. I think he was minus 21. Yeah, well done. But like, it's a, it's a side yeah, it's, story. It's, it, I, yeah. I actually stayed up. I, annoyingly, I stayed up right up. I watched the first playoff hole, mm -hmm. which was incredible. I mean, Nick Taylor birdied 18 three times in a row. Ridiculous. He birdied it in regulation play to get into the playoff against Charlie Hoffman. And what's mad with Charlie Hoffman is, one, I would have really, really loved to see him win because he's kind of a, quite a big name on the PGA Tour, mm -hmm. etc. Do you know what clothing brand he wears? Go on. Greg Norman. Does he? On the back of his shirt. His shark. He's got a big Greg Norman wow. shark, which would have been somewhat ironic. But um, Nick Taylor then got into a playoff with uh, Charlie Hoffman. Um, he birded, both players birded the first playoff hole, which was incredible. Both really good ports. And I actually ended up falling asleep then, annoyingly, but it was like 1am here in the UK. And then Charlie, you stay up late, don't uh, you? Nick Taylor uh, won the next playoff hole with another birdie. Wow. It's unbelievable. Scotty Shaffer nearly yeah, won it three times in a row. That'd be insane. But again, you look, I must admit, you look at leaderboard, okay, and, and right, Charlie Hoffman, lower tier PJ player, mm -hmm. okay? Nick Taylor, lower tier PJ player. Scotty Shaffer, obviously world number one. Uh, Sam Burns, fairly high. Uh, Thigala, fairly high now. Yeah. John Spieth. I'm now struggling a little bit. Adam Scott. Justin Thomas, but I'm down to like 12th best player in the, you know, uh, 15th is Matt Fitzpatrick. Above that, there's probably five recognisable names in the world of golf. Well, and that very nicely, because I agree with you, leads me exactly onto my next point. So last week you gave, again, we touched on this before, your, your synopsis on Live Golf and where you're, you're at with it now. And I have finally, after however many years we've been talking about Live Golf and we will continue to, I know where I'm at with it right now. Um, and I can finally announce that today. Is I this am, your big announcement? I am team four races for life, baby. No, I'm joking. I Now I've had time to digest it. I watched a bit more of it this weekend. I watched some of the PJ Tour as well. I've decided that where I sit with Liv, I'm going to watch it when... There are there's a strong leaderboard essentially because if you look at the if you look at the list of the roster now of Live Golf and who they've got, there is a few names, I'll be honest, of guys that I wouldn't know if they walked past me in the street. That's just a fact. Out of the fifty-four guys <laughs> there is. But there's also a handful, or maybe two handful now, um, of golfers who are huge, huge names. And something else happened this weekend again with John Rahm. He finished eighth in the end. He was in contention right until kind of the end, then he fell. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Away. You cannot deny, no matter if you hate Liv, love Liv, love Liv, love the PJ Tour, whatever, you cannot deny that John Rahm is one of the very best players on the planet. He's the top three. He, for me now, is the new yardstick, the new measuring stick, because he is in form. You know, some of the guys have gone to Liv have dropped off, come back again. But it's always hard to kind of know, in my opinion, of like, well, yeah, X persons, Taylor Gooch has won that event, let's say. But how, you know, what's the competition like he's playing against? Is he actually beating good golfers in the prime? If some of them fell off, some of them washed up, etc., etc. You can't deny now, if you're playing a live event and beating John Rahm, you're playing good, good golf. So firstly, I was inspired to watch it because I saw the leaderboard on the final day and it was strong. Um, some of the names, obviously DJ ended up winning it. Uh, John Rahm was up there. Matt Wolf was doing well again. It's quite good. nice to see him back. And there's a handful of names up there. So I watched some of it. Similar to points to what you said last week, the whole noise and the bugs and the whole set to wind me up. Maybe because you'd mentioned that already, I was listening for it. Again, they kept saying Championship Saturday. It finished on Saturday this week, obviously, because the the Super Bowl. Again, I kept hearing that, maybe because you'd mentioned it already. But when I was watching it, I wasn't remotely interested in the team side of it again. That just doesn't appeal to me whatsoever yet. The team side couldn't care less. I wanted to see who won, but I was excited because of the fact there was big names in it. And another thing I thought of, again, and it's an obvious thing we will have touched on many a time before, but what really came to light was... I know whenever the next event is even on, which I don't know off the top of my head, but the next event... It's Jeddah. Jeddah. In Saudi. I know which players will be playing in that event. I, I, I know for a fact that those same guys will be playing. I don't know when it comes to the next PJ Tour event. You don't know who's... Like this one, this feels like the, the, the Phoenix one's a big event, but yeah, there was no Rory. But then Scottish Scheffler's there. It is diff- difficult sometimes to know, but... I think my allegiance, if you want to call it that, all my allegiance lies with right now is whatever event I'm going to watch on a Sunday night, if they're both on, whichever's got the strongest leaderboard is what I'm going to choose into, tune into. It's as simple as that. There's no bias. There's no favourite. Um, well, I probably would still say I prefer the PJ Tour, but on that, it, whichever one, as a, you know, an hour spur, I'm going to watch the one that's going to entertain me the most. It's as yep. simple as that. I was a bit torn this weekend because, one, I didn't have a lot of time in my schedule to watch an awful lot of golf. Last weekend, I felt like I had a lot more time. Um, it, it was, uh, if I had an option to go and flick, I, I kind of end up double screening a lot of the time. That, yeah, you like a double screen, don't I you? I end though? up double screening a lot of time. I'd yeah. like either PJ or, or live on the TV and I'd whatever else on my phone. I think there's a couple of, which I didn't do that last week because mainly the Pebble Beach event finished a day earlier. So there was, or finished without the Sunday. So I didn't get to see that Sunday. The, the one thing between the two um, broadcasts, I, personally, I think the commentary on PJ Tour is better than live, mm-hmm. personally. There's an awful lot of adverts on PJ Tour. Yeah, of course. Like a lot of adverts to the point where it was like, I felt like there's almost more adverts than than not, um, <clears throat> and then the other thing was the um, I thought the whole noise had been turned down. I thought yeah. it was actually slightly quieter this week, believe it or not. 
Um, but apart from that, it was the only real change. You know what, as well? Oh, sorry, the last thing, last oh, thing, last oh, thing. Oh, oh, oh. I'll tell you what I was really <laughs> impressed with. And I, I don't know if this actually did work out like this. On the Saturday, and again, just all those little things of finishing on, on a Saturday so people could watch the Super Bowl. It was, you had Dustin Johnson, um, Bryson DeChambeau, and John Rahm all tied for the lead. And I think there was another player, but it was almost no question who was going to get paired together. Mm. You had those three, and... and you cannot deny if you have Justin, uh, Dustin, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, and Bryson DeChambeau in a group. I mean, what a group! Yeah, what a group, eh? You know, you know as well. What I was thinking is, and I know it, it, we're very naive to look at it like you have to be exclu- exclusively a fan of one or the other. And I've just said exactly my piece. I'm going to watch whichever one floats my boat more. But there are some people who are now exclusively live golf, and it, uh, and a lot of people who are not willing to entertain it. And I get that, and you see it on social media. But one thing I must say now, is I'm kind of warming to, if you like, on the live golf side, is if, you, wobbly stool just oh yeah, is if you are a fan of live golf and you are exclusively a fan of live golf, so that small percentage of people that will only watch live, that's all they care about. As a fan, it's quite easy because you've got a handful of events throughout the year. You know when they're going to be. As we've just touched on, you know, what players are going to be there. You've actually got a week's off where you don't have to watch it every weekend. You don't have to worry. It sounds silly. But there's no, like, world ranking confusion. There's no real, like, oh, this is a big event. This is a small event. Oh, Rory's in this one. Rory's not in that one. It's actually quite a simple thing to follow. If you want to get wrapped up in that kind of live golf world, it feels quite insular. It's quite simple, isn't it? But whereas if you're watching the, the PJ Tour... There's something on every single week, but some weeks don't really matter, but then some weeks do, and then you get world ranking points for some events and or big points for some, not big for others. It is a bit more hard to follow as a fan. And to some degree, the PGA Tour might have started simple, but give it well, time. Yeah. And, and Liv might start simple, but then down the line, exactly. it might get more confusing when, you know, more things get added, because it will do. It will eventually get added more. Or, um, But yeah, I, I, it's, it's, you know, it's very interesting. I'm... For the third year, kind of looking at this, and, and I'm I'm start the first couple of years, I saw there was no almost no cracks or issues with the PJ Tour, and lots of issues and cracks with Live. Mm-hmm. Now I'm seeing limited, but still cracks in Live. I feel like I'm seeing more in the PJ Tour. I'm feeling yeah. like I'm seeing more things that I'm like, yeah, you know what this this isn't this isn't right, and I, I feel like it's got worse. I feel like their products got worse. As lives, products got better. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, just a quick side note. Do you value the listeners of this podcast and the viewers of this podcast? With my, all my heart. Okay, well, good, because that's the answer I wanted to give. We need them a little heads up. Today, so this is, to, we're actually doing this on Monday, as, as you know. This comes out Tuesday the 13th. So today, on Tuesday the 13th, at 2pm, Rick has a giveaway on his Instagram page. So if you use Instagram, please make sure you go and visit him. <coughs> He is going to be giving away some of the absolutely brand new Echo LT1 shoes. Am I? You are. You are. (laughs) You're old. (laughs) Any size, any colour that's available, we'll sort them out for whoever's lucky enough to win. I wanted to give everyone a heads up that, I mean, you don't have to, it's not hard to enter. Just basically, I think it's going to be a case of following Rick, which most of you will do already. Follow Echo, maybe drop a a comment or something. But that's going to be live at two o'clock UK time. Just didn't want anyone to miss out. So you're in the car now and it's nine o'clock in the morning. Don't forget. Don't have to be doing it at two o'clock. You do it at three o'clock or five o'clock or maybe even a couple of days. I'll leave it running. But go and enter that giveaway because um, they are very nice looking shoes. We need to give away that limited edition clubhouse head cover yes, as well. I've got that to one side. So I'll pick someone today for that. Um, I've had a couple of emails. We've not done emails for a while, which is, is bad. I, I do still read them. So sorry if you've sent them in. They don't get neglected. Um, if you want to send an email, we need to get back on the email chain, I think, because I do enjoy the emails. It's podcast at rickshields.com. It's that simple. So Easy. if you've got a dear Rick, you want Rick to give you some advice on something, feel free. Um, one of the emails which I had, which I was going to read out, which was a really good one, was from Matt Ranger. It was basically about the waste management. So I think Matt, we've answered his question there in, in more than enough depth. He wanted to know your take on it. Um, I think you've done that. So Matt's question has been answered. But I've got another one from a question from Max Brotherhood. I wonder if he's relative of Steve Brotherhood, the caddy who's oh, done yeah. the podcast before. Um, said, hi, Rick. What would be your top tips for playing a golf course that's not your home course? I play off a 16 handicap. In the last three to four months, I've played so many other courses, but I find every time I play a new golf course, I seem to shoot way above my average score. 
in spite of how well match hitting the golf ball, whether that's through penalties or pl- poor club choices, etc. Any tips would be really helpful. I love the podcast. So what would you say to Max? I think the first off, Max, it is hard playing different golf courses all the time. Correct. Like really hard. You know, we, we experience it in the, in the videos. You know, often I've played a first ever round of golf around a golf course and I'm, I'm expected to go out and shoot break 75. And I think to some of the listeners, that's something to, to bear in mind. Not that it excuses bad play, but <laughs> sometimes if you just don't know a golf course, it's very difficult to make the right decisions or to be able to know the layout or where to miss or where not to miss. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can play to your advantage as well. Sometimes you could be stood on a tee box going, don't really know what this does I'm just going to smash driver down the middle and you do and you get down and you're like this was never driver because there's out of bounds left water right and you didn't know about it Uh, this is why obviously some of the best players in the world have the practice rounds before they go and play because it's so important to get that kind of understanding of the golf course but I think that the easy wins would be um course map like a, a planner before you go out and play to have, actually have a look at the holes if you can talk to someone who, who's played the golf course before maybe even ask the pro in the pro shop you know what what do i need to know about this golf course if you can play with someone who plays from that golf course brilliant if there's even a local caddy that you can even use for that golf course you know i know that comes with a price but it's it's valuable um and, but bearing in mind you are probably going to shoot slightly higher than your, your normal score is the big takeaway you know what i'd say as well on that i think and i'm probably some degree maybe not so much now because we play a lot of different courses but beforehand culprit of this i think the people who play at a single golf club a lot actually have no idea how far they hit the golf ball and an example i'll use the second hole at my old golf course a short par three i never really used to know if i be honest with you how far that hole was but I knew what club I'd hit because of trial and error. And obviously there's could be different wins and stuff, but you know, you go onto that hole, you pull out an eight times out of habit. But then if you get to a golf course where you go to the, the second hole, that's also a par three and it's 155 yards and you've never played it before. What do you hit? You've got no idea. Yeah. So I think that's something that people don't do enough. Almost of. a creature of habits to some degree. Absolutely. Um, a couple of questions from Facebook, Rick, and I don't want to tease or not even tease. Shall we tell people who the guest on the next 10 shot challenge is? Cause it's an should. absolutely insane one. We should. So a couple more questions. Dave Creasy has said, is Rick still going to do teaching videos, coaching videos? Yeah, absolutely. I've still got, I've still got them on my channel. Um, you, you typically on the main channel will release them seasonally. At the moment, there's no real value in releasing them in the off season, the winter season. But as we start to get into spring and summer, they'll definitely be sprinkling of more coaching videos. I still love making coaching videos. I, I love the feedback we get from the viewers. Uh, also on the Facebook page as well. If you've not checked out the actual Facebook official page not the podcast page but the official page there is also a load of coaching videos on there that gets uploaded we actually just had a conversation this morning about filming some brand new coaching videos to help you get better this season in 2024 nice. or for a great price of absolutely <laughs> free um one from steve perry it's not so much a question but it's more of a, of a statement that's had 13 likes so it's obviously something that's touching the heartstrings of the people. Um, he said, I think it's in your best interest and the interest of everyone that follows the channel to do as many collaborations with Iona as possible. The vibes last week were superb. <laughs> Deal. Yeah. No, she's very, she's very, 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 very easy to film with. Um, and she's she's wonderful. She's, you know what? We If you watch the video, if you've not seen it, please do go and watch it. It's a good one. But off camera, I think some of it might have made the cut, but there was a lot of chat about Iona trying to outdrive me. Now, she'll obviously, what am I saying this? She had no chance because I'm a big hitter. However, she literally hit every single tee shot 10 as out hard, of 10. Yeah, as hard as she could as, as well. And she, man, but she rips it. And although I was obviously hitting it further, like, honest to God, I mean, she'd hit it further than most blokes at my golf club. Honestly, oh, yeah. she would. But also, the, the fact that it was like on a frozen rope, it just nailed, it was nailed, it was nailed. And I, there was like, a few times like, nearly caught me. I like a competitive edge as well. She, she, well that was what was funny because she knew that deep down, she kept saying, oh, you'll have to miss hit one, I'll have to nail one. But like, honestly, she she, she hits it so well. And then kind of linking on from that, because you can say something, sorry. I, I think, I know what you're probably going to ask about next, so I was going to bring that up. Unless you go and ask him. I don't, don't know. Bring up. No, I don't think it's the same thing. Okay. What I was going to say next, another question from Ashley Hewins, and the reason I'm asking this one is that we've had a conversation this morning externally about making this happen. Would Rick do a 10-shot challenge against an LPGA tour professional? Absolutely. We have been in conversation. I won't give any names away because it might not happen, but we've been in conversation about filming our first ever LPGA tour player for a 10-shot challenge against an absolute... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
legend. I, I would say future legend. I would say there's two names that have been put into the heart that are probably the most recognized lady golfers, yeah. professional golfers out there right now. So really excited about hopefully getting one or even both of those set up, which will be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on, on two things, uh, quite a lot of questions. And again, right. So we we're going to touch on this anyway, obviously the last week, was it this time last week or tomorrow last week was the good, good desert open. Yes. The first live golf event on YouTube. And I, I spoke about it openly a couple of weeks ago that I couldn't make it, unfortunately, quite literally because of logistical reasons. Um, also, I made a, a huge promise to my daughters that I'd be at their dance show, which would have clashed with it. And so, unfortunately, that had to come also as a priority. But just logistically trying to get over there in the time frame after flying back from Orlando, it just could not have happened. It was impossible, which was really, really frustrating. I wish I'd known more in advance about it. However, there is another live event which has been planned for June, I think it is. If I can make that, I will do my best to do so. But I also want to talk about the tournament and I want to give massive kudos and congratulations to the guys at Good Good because it, it, it was very very impressive yeah. very impressive indeed to not only first off be able to get as many names as they got down there which was great to see some someone who is obviously some people call me the, the grandfather of youtube golf it was i was almost like proud <laughs> watching it i was watching it going go on lads this is great to see uh, the viewing figures were fantastic uh, i thought the actual live coverage was very 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 solid uh, i think possibly in the future maybe night golf wasn't the best idea in the world it, it kind of it didn't make the imagery look quite as good but I understood why they wanted to potentially do it at night it's that point of difference not, it's not a normal golf event um, I just thought it was brilliant it was a little bit of a shame that it went onto a, a, a platform after nine holes it went onto Peacock yeah. which in the U, outside of the US you can't actually register to so that was a little bit of a shame I would have loved to have seen it fully on YouTube just as a fan like I, I was up I mean it was it was the wrong time of, of day for me because I was it was over in Arizona um, I wanted to watch pretty much every single bit of it and I kind of got through it and I was like ready to wake up in the morning to, to go back and watch the back nine. I couldn't, it wasn't available up until later and actually did actually release it on their YouTube think, channel. Yeah, that must have come down to funding it. I guess 100%. it must have had so much to fund that. But like you said, I think it just shows, doesn't it, that people are really enjoying watching their favourite content creators play golf and I think you know, it comes back down to a little bit of why we watch the PJ Tour or Live Golf or anything. It's ultimately to be entertained, isn't it? You it's know, you you, well, it is, but you're watching the PJ Tour to be entertained by who is going to win said event and also watching some of the best golf shots in the world by the best, best players. Whereas with watching YouTube, and, you know, let's be honest, there's some good players on here and there's some not-so-good players, including myself, and the not-so-good players. But people are watching to still be entertained by the personality, obviously probably more so than the actual golf. Um, and it just just makes you think, doesn't it, like, where will golf YouTube be in five years' time? I think it has to be careful not to get too um, similar, if you like, to, to things like the PJ Tour and stuff in terms of production, because that might start to almost get lost a little bit then. I think there's that element of homemade to a degree has to still be there and rawness is, is key, but it's exciting. I think there's just a, a little bit of feedback, and this is from viewers as well as me, I think that a lot of people shared that same opinion that it was a shame it went on to Peacock yeah. at halfway, which again, I understand it from a financial thing. Um, and then the other thing, it seemed like they featured on five or six key players and they didn't really show the whole field mm. which again that must have been a logistical nightmare yeah. like we have genuinely looked into live streaming the golf event we've talked about doing the youtube major um trying to get everybody into one place which already is logistically hard so having our schedules busy schedules albeit that and then also trying to live event live streaming events as such a standard it's bloody hard but kudos to the lads they've gone out there and done it i'd have loved to have been involved in it i really would have been um they on youtube it's had nearly a million views uh, i wow. don't think all that was live streamed i think a lot of that was uh, post event um but fair dues to the lads they've done a great job um, i know it's a big team behind them as well i would still love to do a youtube major a live youtube major um, and this is kind of give certainly me even just that insight of what maybe I want to do different with my golf event, how I can make it be, you know, stand out, how I can potentially pick up on, on good things that the guys in good, good have done and, and 
kind of use that. But also a few bits of the feedback that I, I had and even fans had and how we can even improve that experience more. So I'm yep. sure they're doing the same for their next live event. I'm looking forward to trying to do a live event this year. Um, so yeah, it'll it's awesome to see. So here is the, the big announcement. We might even tease this in the title of the podcast because it, it's worthy of it. <laughs> A few weeks ago, when you were away filming... Months ago. Months ago. Um, you filmed a 10-shot challenge with a name that I'll let you say in a minute. A massive name. I wasn't there for this. However, on Friday, just gone, I watched through the footage, the first kind of rough cut of footage of this 10-shot challenge. And it... it Without going too far with this now, it was one of those players where it, it, it actually took me a minute to this is ridiculous because of how long I've played golf for, how long you've played golf for, the players that we, we watched growing up. This guy is, is one of that handful who have been there all that time. It's an amazing video. And the good thing is we've also got a podcast coming out with him next week. Next Friday, the new 10-shot challenge. Me versus... Sergio Garcia. Wow, El Nino. So this this was huge. Obviously, it was it was lots of time in the in the build up. Um, there was reasons why we've not been able to share it till now. Um, I was over in America filming with Bryson over in um, kind of Jupiter Way, and then we took a quick trip up to Austin where Sergio lives. We I played in his charity golf day, which is actually amazing to be fair. And then the day before that, we did a ten shot challenge around Spanish Oaks, which is one of the the most beautiful golf course I've ever seen, but also hardest. Now, I'm not going to give too much away about the level of golf I played, but I think you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> I think the viewers are going to <laughs> sit back and enjoy it. That's out next it Friday. Was, you know what? Again, it's hard sometimes because when I'm fortunate enough to be there on these 10-shot challenge shoots, it's incredible to watch these guys up close and personal like Tommy in the last one. The only downside is it's a silly downside to say that when I then watch the edits, it's sometimes quite hard because like, I've seen it all before, so you have to kind of watch it again and make sure there's no errors and it's all nice and everything. <laughs> but with this one, I obviously wasn't there. So to watch it back and to hear some of the things that Sergio was saying and the fun he was having, you could tell he was enjoying being there and... Again, what a legend. He came across really well. And that's something that's so important with these videos. It's not just about the results. Let's be honest, if, if who's going to win. It's about how they come across and learning to know those golfers a little bit more. Um, and, and, and yeah, what a guy. I can't wait for people to watch that video. And, and the podcast I also filmed with him uh, just before we played, that's going to come out next Monday. Uh, this Tuesday. was uh, Tuesday. This was before... Um, quite a couple of big announcements. This was before John Rahman signed with Liv. This was before he actually uh, came second last week in Mexico at the Live event uh, after losing out to Wacken Neiman. Um, but his story about what he wants to achieve still in golf is, is incredible. So uh, looking forward to you listening to that as well. Um, and then, yeah. Just a minute. Do you think it's weird that you were like playing as a junior and you were like... All right, probably the best junior club, albeit a small I don't think club, I was even that. with not many great juniors. You went to golf college, and again, wasn't the best at golf college, and didn't really work very hard. And da, 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 da. and now you're playing against Sergio Garcia, who's filling in your divots for you. It's, it's quite weird, cool. isn't it? I, I was possibly the most nervous I've ever been, mm. and it was like intense first tee nerves every shot. Yeah, for 18 holes of intense nerves and, and something I need to work on that. But I think when you get the opportunity to play with someone like, I've grown up well, watching see, Tiger. like uh, Sorry, watching Tiger well, yeah. and Serge. As in like, he came up in that era. Well, see, that's the thing. We're always looking at the, you know at these elite golfers and who we can get on the ne next 10-shot challenge. And we want to have kind of some level of a mix of, of newer players or younger players and the more established players. And maybe some players who we might look at who may be out of the prime now, but fully huge names. But when you look at a guy <laughs> and absolutely Sergio fits into this bracket, I literally don't really remember playing golf or I don't even remember being alive really. And, and in a golf set sense, that's his, sorry, without knowing who Sergio was. He turned professional in 99. Well, I, I literally started, I played 98 as a, as a seven, eight year old. 36 professional wins, Same. 11 PGA Tour wins, 16 European Tour wins, obviously the Masters in 2017. I'm so happy you got a, got a major. So happy. We, we like I say, we'll dive in, we'll do a little bit of an intro for next week's podcast as well, but he dives into what he wants to still achieve in the, in the Ryder Cup, what he wants to achieve with 
other major goals as well. So he was he was lovely with his time. He honestly really, really was lovely with his time. Um, and already we've spoke about a potential uh, collaboration again in the future because I think he really enjoyed it. He doesn't do a lot of this. No. You don't see Sergio Garcia on a lot of YouTube videos. He's quite kind of... Um, not protective in that sense, but it's just not someone you see a lot in that setting. Did he ask after me? Um, How was Guy? Uh, yeah. Yep. Maybe with that accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny? I've told this story before. So when I was growing up, obviously a huge Sergio Garcia fan, I had, there was a very famous Adidas. It was a polo shirt and also a windbreak with the three stripes down yeah, it. Yeah, the blue one. Yeah, well, I actually had the grey version. There was two. He used to wear that blue one quite a lot. And I and I got the grey version. And he also, when he used to wear Titleist hats years and years and years ago, we're talking about literally 99, on the side of it, he used to have El Nino, which I think means the boy in Spanish, or it's a loose translation of something like that. Let me have a quick look what it means. Um, I think it means a little boy or young boy. It was basically what he used to have in his hat. <laughs> And again, I was at nine years old. Yeah, little boy. And I got my mum to stitch into my hat, the boy on the side of a Callaway. And I remember it, I must have literally been eight or nine and had this red Callaway hat. And no disrespect to my mum, but it was stitched horrendously. And it wasn't like fine that you get done embroidery. It was like actually like stitching. And I almost looked like a right tosser walking around the golf club as an eight-year-old kid with a big head and no shoulders <laughs> and a red Callaway hat with the boy on the side. Um, but yeah, that was um, that's what I did. That's what scarred you for life. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then just one more question as much as I know we've talked about the topic a few times already. There's been a couple of questions about the hit channel. Um, I, it's almost like trying to, trying to articulate it in a way that... that people understand it basically the, the hit channel is not going anywhere it is going to be back with content soon we've had a restructuring of of staff for that channel um and unfortunately at the moment it has to take a slight back seat while the other channels take priority so that's i think that's the simplest way of saying i it. think it, we're committed to the hit channel we've got the studio which we're going to be using for the videos you'll see and obviously we've reviewed the, the tailor-made driver the callaway driver all on the main channel in that studio the cobra etc um but, you know, realistically, we have to prioritise what's the most important. And the most important, it's almost like a tiered effect, isn't it, ultimately? And the most important videos are the main channel videos, your 10-shot challenges with Sergio Garcia, etc. They take time, they take planning, they take a lot of effort in production and post-production. The podcast, we absolutely love doing the podcast. And to be totally frank and maybe too honest with you, it's fairly easy for us to do. We've got this amazing facility here, what we do it in, where we come in and Matt, who does all the work behind the scenes, does a great job. It takes a bit, quite a lot of his time, but he does it seamlessly. And we just kind of do it, don't we? It's quite easy, but again, so rewarding. We love it. The Hit Channel will, will be back, but it just takes a lot more work than probably people realise. And, and at the moment, that time has to be spent on other areas, but it will come back. Yeah, like I say, it's not it's not a lost leader. I know people have been saying, why did you set it up? It's it's the fact we, we wanted a platform to, sh to put on as many golf equipment reviews as possible. That's still the plan for that channel. It's just that we've not had the, the manpower to be able to achieve that at the moment yes. because of restructuring when do we get that cloning machine issues. fixed finally we'll Correct. have three Rick. we have two or three Ricks I think we'll do three three uh, in fact I know Claire doesn't want a version actually Claire what she wants the, the better one <laughs> Ricky a little uh, Ricky yeah. Shields yeah and then clone a few of the editors I can even clone myself why not be a bit better at golf or clone myself a little bit better at golf maybe just a bit off scratch <laughs> nothing crazy scratch maybe that extra quarter of an inch so I can be six foot oh because I'm five foot eleven and three quarters and it pains me I'd love it. I can't ever tell someone I'm six foot because I'm not I'm five eleven and three quarters an extra quarter of an inch if you get what I mean wink wink would be perfect Rick okay we'll see what we can do <laughs> guys thanks for listening thanks for watching as always your support is amazing and we shall see you next week with the Sergio Garcia podcast do you best Spanish impression quickly um Barcelona that's Italian, is it now? What's the, uh, what it, how do they say bye? Ciao. Ciao, bella. No, no, ciao. That's Italian again, isn't it? What are you doing with you? I don't nice. know, but... Adios. Oh, yeah, adios. Adios, amigos. Nice. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.